Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Jesse DePlantis here. Thank you for tuning in to the broadcast today. I got a good message for you entitled, The Experience of Spiritual Thinking. Are you ready to elevate your thinking and experience the deeper things of God? See, not just the surface, but the deeper things of God so you'll know what to do, when to do it, where to do it, and how to do it. My God, wouldn't that solve a lot of problems in your life? You can do it through spiritual thinking. Because when spiritual thinking takes over, it will take over natural thinking, and you'll start thinking like God thinks, and you start doing like God does. You don't want to miss this. Call a friend, tell them to turn the television on. They're going to be blessed. Watch this and take some notes. I, I mean, and learn this because it's going to help you today. The experience of spiritual thinking. Watch. Would you turn with me today to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I want to start reading with verse 6, well, excuse me, verse 5, and then I'm going to read verse 6, and I believe you're going to be blessed. And I want to talk about something in just a minute before I tell you what the title of it is. There's a statement that I say all the time, that preaching should never supersede thought, that it should make you think. If you went to church and you walked out not thinking about something, then that ain't that good of a church. Well, that sermon wasn't it. But that preacher didn't have a thing to say even though he said something. Because the word of God is very progressive. It's constantly creating and doing wonderful things. Let me say it again. Preaching should never supersede thought that you want to be so intellectual, homiletical, hermeneutical, philosophical that it supersedes the thought instead it should make you think. Now, I believe in education. Don't misunderstand me. I believe in all that. But this is a living book. Actually, this is a person in written form. Amen. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. Okay? So I want to talk this morning about the experience of spiritual thinking. When everything's going wrong, when everything's going right, how are you thinking? Hey, you see, and I get to do that when I, I preach for Sister Kathy or Pastor Kathy. Usually when I, I, I preach my theme and the different things and evangelistic things. But here I do a little bit different things here. Uh, because the, how, how, what makes you think what you think? Well, let me tell you something. The greatest, in my mind, in my opinion, the greatest man ever drawn to the realm of Christianity intellectually was the Apostle Paul. Saul of Tarsus. I mean, highly qualified in religion to the point he had power to kill religious people. Religion is a garden of weeds. It's a theological wilderness. It will destroy you. More people have died over religion than any other thing in the world. Because you see, it's man-made and not God-made. Jesus never made Christianity. Man did that. God made Christ. Do you see the difference here? Paul writing to the church at Corinth, and they really need this because this is a very sinful city, Corinth. I'll give you a little idea. I mean, it had worldwide commerce. It was a bustling hub. It was. But it had degraded culture, idolatrous religions, everything you could think of. And yet Paul founded a church there, and he, said, and he wrote letters to the church at Corinth and things of that nature. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5, Paul writes to the, to the Corinthian church, and now watch this. Now, when he's writing to the Corinthian church, that's in his mind, but in God's mind, he's writing to Covenant Church. Amen. He's writing to you right now, you that are watching all over the world. He's writing to you right now. When I, when I say this, this goes to you. It's like as if Jesus was standing in your house and pronouncing these words. He says that your faith, verse 5, should not stand in the wisdom of men, 
but in the power of God. So why do you want to try to uh, make people understand something that's totally they cannot understand? And I'll get to that scripture. That the wisdom men has nothing to do with your faith. It's the wisdom of God. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, not of mankind. Let me read that verse again. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Verse 6. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. That word perfect there means matured. In other words, he could speak some deeper things to these people. Yet not the wisdom of this world. Nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Why is it a mystery? I'll tell you in just a minute. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So he had this all rolled out, ready to go before any of us were ever born. Now I want to go back to verse uh, 12. Go, go to verse 12. Now we receive not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things, everybody say things, that are freely given to us of God. You'd be surprised how many people don't know what's been given to them freely. I'm going to say 98% of the church doesn't know it. What's been freely given to them, which means you don't have to pay for it. When it comes to financial, he didn't ask you to pay for it, he asked you to believe for it. But if you don't know that, you struggle with debt all your life. When the Bible said, older men are nothing except to love him. Oh, no man, anything but to love him. Except the, uh, just to love him. Well, anything except love him. You cannot pay off the debt of love. You see what I'm saying? It really isn't a debt. It's a gift. So let me read that verse again right there. Now we re- Verse 12. Now we receive not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is the, of God, that we might know the things that are freely given unto us, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. Now this man could talk. He was brilliant. He wasn't against intellect. Watch this. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Most people never do that. They compare spiritual things with physical or with natural things. Why don't you do that, Brother Jesse? Verse 14. And I love this verse. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know... Didn't say believe, he can't even know it. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So to think as a Christian, you got to have an experience. Experience always comes before doctrine. Experience is always ahead of dogma or doctrine. And out of that experience is developed a doctrine or a dogma. You understand? I want to talk today about the experience of spiritual thinking. How to think when everything's going wrong and when everything's going right. On either side of the curve. It doesn't make any difference. How do you think? You can't do it with your natural mind. The natural man receiving not the things of God because the foolishness of them. Neither can he know them because they spiritually discern. So let me say all you critics, you have no right to judge us because you're ignorant. I didn't say you were dumb. I just said you were ignorant. The Bible said be not ignorant. The only one that can judge us is the saints. And God told them to judge not. But at least they understand where we're coming from because they're spiritual people. You see, the natural man receiving not the things of God because they foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, much less believe it, but know them because they spiritually discern. How can a spirit discern something that's spiritually dead? Amen. Come on. Come on. Do you see? 
So I want to talk about the experience of spiritual thinking. So in other words, when you're being hit with something, whether it's good or bad, how do you think about this? Write this down. I, I, I want to do a little teaching this morning. Do not neglect your own spirituality. You'd be surprised how many people do that. They work their bodies out quite often, but they don't work their spirit at all. They go to church if they feel like it. If it's convenient. If it's raining too much, they won't go. The church don't leak. You see, they're neglecting spiritual things. Now, they don't, they don't neglect physical things when they're hungry to eat. If it's raining, you still go to work. You don't neglect any of that. And you wonder why sometimes God is not doing what he said. Maybe your spirit's weak and your body's strong. Let me say it again. Do not neglect your own spirituality. Why? Because you are responsible for it. What does it do? Your character depends upon it. If you neglect your spirituality, because that's your responsibility, your character will not be very good. Because out of the heart or out of the spirit, the mouth speaketh. See, your character depends on it. There are a lot of wonderful, great preachers that have the gifts of the spirit, but their character does not match the gift. That's why they mess around with women, steal money and do things of that nature, and they're going to pay a price for that. You see what I'm saying? Let me say it again. Do not neglect your own spirituality because you are responsible for it. Your, your character depends upon it. Because, for, see, the reason why I, I am what I am is because I have not neglected my, spiritual, uh, my spirituality because I'm responsible for Jesse the planets, the spirit. Housed in Jesse the planets, the soul. Crucified in Jesse the planets, the body. Which creates my character. That's why I'm not making a hit on women. Or stealing your money like the natural man says I am. But he's just ignorant. He or she. Because they cannot even understand this or know this. You see what I'm saying? Because they, they spiritually discern, and a dead spirit cannot discern anything spiritually. I can prove that with Satan. He couldn't even recognize Jesus. You think he ought to recognize Jesus, but he died spiritually. And then when he saw him, if thou be the son of God, he don't know. Do you see that? Mm. Mm -hmm. Let me say it again. Do not neglect your own spirituality because you are responsible for it. Your character depends upon it. Now, you see, you should think all the time. Thinking is a good thing. You've heard me say this. One time I went into my partner, they call it partner care, partner service or whatever it's called. And uh, Jessica Malave was in there and she said, they all call me boss here. They said, boss, can I help you? I said, no, I'm just listening to the sounds of thinking. And she said, what'd you say? I said, I'm listening to the sounds of thinking. She may not remember this many years ago. And she just looked at me and said, because whoever's not thinking is making mistakes. I'm not talking about intellect here. I'm talking this is a spiritual ministry that works through intellect, but the spirit is always first. So Christian thinking courts investigations. Write that down. Christian thinking courts investigations and it welcomes inquiry. See, that's the experience of spiritual thinking. It welcomes inquiry. Why did God do that that way? Wow, that's something. 
As I was walking toward Ron, while Satan trying to kill him, all I heard God said is blood pressure. I commanded to come up. It was spiritual thinking. I wasn't running. Oh! I'm not bragging on that. Don't misunderstand me. Now, if anybody believed in intellect, the apostle Paul did. And he used it. He said, I am a Roman citizen, which freaked him out. But when it came to the things of God, he called it a mystery because he knew he was dealing with unsaved people. You see what I'm saying? And, you know, I call hospitals mausoleums of unbelief. Thank God for hospitals, but go there in faith, not in unbelief. You see what I'm saying? Or they'll bury you there. Or you hear what I'm saying? So Christian thinking courts investigation. You need to be in, you need to investigate these things and it welcomes inquiry. Why does God do what he does? Why does God believe in a hundredfold? Because he wants to. Why do you believe in a hundredfold? But just because I want to. Because if I want to, I shall have no wants. The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. So don't get mad at me if I walk in a hundredfold anointing, it's not wanting nothing. Now for you to say, I don't believe that, that's your problem. That's the problem. You cannot, you're trying to deal with intellect in this situation when this Bible is not, has anything to do with intellect. It has to do with spiritual things. But yet you can study it in the intellect and, and be a doctor of divinity. Have a PhD. I have one. I'm past having doubts. That's as high as you get. You know? But when you understand that it's a spiritual book, how would you define salvation? You can't do it intellectually. Well, I felt good. Well, sometimes you don't feel good at all and you're still a Christian. Something happened. What happened? An experience. And from that experience, a doctrine, a dogma became and open to you. So Christian thinking courts investigation and it welcomes inquiry. But just how do I understand all these people? Write this down. To understand people who need more than a clear, you need more than a clear head. Let me just say that again. To understand people, we need more than a clear head. We need a sympathetic heart. If you really want to understand somebody, you got to understand the heart of a person. A sympathetic heart, not a clear head. So a lot of people have a lot of clear heads, but they don't know. But it, out of the abundance of the what? The head? No. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You need more than a clear head. I know that guy. I know you don't because you don't know his heart. Bob said, well, your treasure is where your heart is. That's who you are. You see, that's spiritual thinking. You're thinking from the spirit to a transformed soul to a crucified body. Let me say that again. To understand people, we need more than a clear head. We need a sympathetic heart. So I'm sympathetic with all kinds of people. The sinner as well as the Christian. Yes, sir. I don't judge the sinner and I don't judge the Christian. Because you see, critics can't do that. They think they can. Because they only can get you, give you a natural standpoint of view when the natural man receiving not the things of God. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? That's why Jesus said things. They couldn't understand it. So he had to tell stories and parables and put deep thought in those things so people could kind of get around the story a little bit. Then he looked at the boy and said, I'm going to just tell you plainly. They're going to kill me. Uh-uh. But I'm going to be back in three days. Not to the natural mind. Ain't nobody ever thought he was going to raise from the dead. How you know? Because nobody showed up. They prepared oils for his body. They weren't believing he was going to raise from the dead. The intellect says that can't happen. The natural man said we cannot receive that. Ah, 
but there was, some great, there was something greater going on. Christ's faith was working even on the planet when he wasn't here. Because his words has declared, in three days I will rise. Everybody heard it. Ain't nobody believed it. But then Jesus in the pit of hell said, will you leave my soul in hell? Oh, that's all it took. God said, no, boom. Man, he come out of there, bless God. He was so nice, he even folded the clothes that they wrapped him in. Me, I'd have stomped it on the ground, spit on it. But not Jesus. And what did the angel say? Why you seek him? He's not here. He is risen. To understand people, we need more than a clear head. We need a sympathetic heart. There's a scripture about it that blows me away. I mean, it's just so hard for me to understand because I'm a spirit man. What was physically happening with over 500 people watching Jesus levitate, ascending into heaven, the Bible says, and some doubted. Now, how can you doubt if I start levitating and go straight out this church? I see it, but I don't believe it because you see that's intellect. That's intellectual activity. That's range and research. That's induction and reason. That's the natural man receiving, not the things of God. No, you're supposed to be dead. You come back down here, go back dead. No. You see my point? So to understand people, we need more than a clear head. We need a sympathetic heart. Write this down. The power to read human nature comes from morality, actually. The power to read human nature comes from moral qualities or morality, moral qualities of insight, sympathy, and sensibility. See, a lot of times I know how to minister to people simply because of the moral qualities of insight, of sympathy, and sensibility. See, sometimes God tells me something about you, but he didn't tell me to tell you what he said about you. He just told me, minister to this person so I know how to minister to you, even though it'd be easy for me just to tell you, but you're not going to get that. You have to be ministered to. You see, which means you got to put the butter on the bread (laughs) so you can eat the bread. You understand what I'm saying? Now, I can just give you the butter. If you give a baby butter, he'd look at it, he'd just bite it. Right? You give him a slice of bread. He'll bite it. Now you put it together, it becomes a sandwich. You see what I'm saying? The power to read human nature comes from moral quality, or morality really, comes from moral qualities of insight. You, you see things. Also sympathy. You sympathize with that. Remember, because it's the sympathetic heart that gets things done. And sensibility. For you know in whom you have you believed. There are a lot of people probably have told you when you first come here, you go to that church, that guy's taking all your money. How come you still got some left? How many of you have heard that? Oh, he's going to take all your money. Well, how come you still got some left? I must not be that good because I ain't got all your money. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching. See, that's a critic. That's an ignorant fool. Ignorant. Not dumb, just flat ignorant. And what he don't know is God loved to save him and he'd give me all his money. <laughs> and I don't want it. That's not the issue. I want it for God's kingdom. Personally, me, I don't need it. Do you understand where I'm, com- I'm coming from here? See, that's spiritual thinking. That means you got to spiritually think, and, and some people you're not going to like, but because you're thinking spiritually out of the spirit, you'll love them. Come on, Even though they may not understand that. 
That's that moral qualities of insight that you have, that sympathy and that sensibility. You see what I'm saying? So the apostle Paul, I mean, he's wasn't against reasoning. The Bible's not against reasoning. The Bible says, come, let us reason together. There's a lot of things I tell God, think about this. Come on. Just think about this. He said, Jesse, that's a good idea. I said, well, yeah. He said, but it's not a God idea. Okay. Was that bad? No, I just told you it was not, it's just not a guy. It's a good idea. But see, good ideas, people stay with good ideas just for a little bit. God ideas, people stay with forever. God ideas are eternal. Good ideas come and go. Fulfill something, and then you don't think about them anymore. See, so when you understand the power to read human nature comes from moral or morality, from moral qualities of insight, sympathy, and sensibility. You know, I love this, and I love thinking God's thoughts. Think about this for a minute. When you were saved, God gave you his spirit. His thoughts, feelings, and purposes are in you to explore. You know, you need to do a little, a, a little exploration in your spirit, man, because there's Christ in you, the hope of glory. We can't neglect our spirituality. Why? Because if you do that, you will not develop the possibilities God has placed inside of you. And you've got great possibilities. One of the things I really enjoy about spiritual thinking is how it courts investigation and it welcomes inquiry. In other words, it says, you want to know about me? You want to know more about how I think? Then my God, let's get into this thing. You know, God said this, come, let us reason together. Isn't that a blessing of the Lord that you can say, hello, Jesus, hi, Jesse? I mean, literally that easy, that simple because you are God's family. I want you to remember you have the mind of Christ. You have access to his thoughts, every bit of it. All you got to do is think like he thinks and access your spirit. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, help people to understand what I'm talking about. So God, it will change their lives, their physical life on the earth. They'll know what to do, when to do it, where to do it, and how to do it. I thank you for it. I believe you for it. I call it done. In Jesus' name we pray. I love spiritual thinking. In fact, that's how you make uh, decisions in life. I do that all the time. I love St. John 16, 13. How be it when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you in all truth. But when you have spiritual thinking going on, you can hear what God is saying and you know how to walk so you don't make the mistakes in life that everybody says you have to make. You don't. Oh, I'm starting to preach here. I can't help myself. Kathy's coming right now with some glorious moments. Kathy, take it away. Bless the people. Bless God. Bless me. Welcome to Glorious Moments. I hope you're ready to erupt with excitement and joy about what God has done through JDM around the world. Psalms 40, verse 16 in the Passion Translation tells us, but let all who passionately seek you erupt with excitement and joy over what you've done. Let all your devoted lovers rejoice continually in the Savior, saying, how great and glorious is our God. I want to read excerpts from two testimonies in our October magazine. Each one is a glorious moment in the lives of real people who have decided to passionately seek God. This first one is from Scotland. It says, I've been watching you since I was a little girl with my mom. I love the boardroom chats, glorious women's conference, and glorious living videos. Every day I go to JDM YouTube channel to check if there's any new videos. I've been a partner with your ministry and I have been believing for financial increase and for a new car. God brought along the perfect car, which I've always wanted. 
Thanks to my great raise at work, I can afford it. I thank you for your ministry. I love that testimony. The second one is from Italy. It says, for the last two years I was married, had our son, and the house we were leasing was about to be sold. The owner wanted us out. During that time, I found you on YouTube. I loved you right away, and I've been listening to your messages every day. Glory to God, we got our new house some months later, and then I got a job that pays me twice as much as the old job, and then I got a permanent contract. We became partners, monthly partners. Thank you so much, and continue the great work. We trust you. You know, it's so exciting to read glorious moments from our partners. I hope that you'll send me your testimony because I want to rejoice with you and say, how great and glorious is our God. God bless you today. Thanks for watching. Love you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope today's teaching has blessed you. We're offering this message, the experience of spiritual thinking in its entirety for the month of October. This is a very important message that will help you during these turbulent times that we're going through right now. How do I get a copy? Just go to jdm.org and also get a copy for a friend while you're there also. It will bless you. I mean, and it's going to bless your life. You start thinking like God thinking. Partners, I can't thank you enough for what you do for this ministry. 46 years of of ministry and we've never had a financial deficit. Can I say my famous statement? You know why? I trust you. You trust me. We both trust God. Boy, I want to tell you something about trust, boy. That's a bond that you never break because it's a wonderful thing. Partners, nothing too small and nothing too big. Your faithful financial support has got so many people born again, healed and saved. We get people out of discouragement and despondency. We bring joy in people's lives. You've heard me say it thousands of times over all these years I've been on television. I asked the Lord for every dollar given to my ministry, give me a soul into the kingdom. You give me $1,000, I get 1,000 people saved. I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. I do it all the time. I'm not bragging about that because, you see, I want that to happen. You know, people tell me all the time, when you're going to retire, do I look tired? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I made up my mind. As long as I got breath in this body, I'm going to preach this kingdom message. And guess what? Because of your faithful financial support, we're going to close the doors of hell and open up the doors of heaven. Now, that is spiritual thinking, ladies and gentlemen, and it'll work for you, not sometime, but all the time. Now, don't miss next week. This is part two of the experience of spiritual thinking coming next week. I mean, I wish we could play it all at one time, but due to time constraints on television, we have to break it up. So next week, part two of this message, the experience of spiritual thinking. And when it's all said and done, you're going to see a change in how you think and what happens in your daily life. Thank you, partners, for blessing this ministry. Jesse the Planet saying, I love you. See you soon. God bless. Bye-bye. I believe that God has placed within each one of us a deep desire to live a better life. Whether it's a life free from pain, fear, or lack of any kind, God wants to bring that to pass for you. In my book, You Are Designed for Glorious Living, you'll discover how to achieve the better life God has for you. You know, long before you took your first breath, God had designs on you for glorious living. You are designed for glorious living. Available at JDM.org. Do you see yourself as God sees you? God sees you as a powerful, wonderfully made, unique person of faith. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, But as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Our October partner offer, I am what I think I am, will show you how to fill your mind with good things, banish thoughts that come against God's word. 
Receive it today. Go to JDM.org for all the ordering information. Christianity is not a theory or a body of truth like some people say. What is it? It is a personal relation, a personal relationship. Call it what you want. It is an obedience. Better to obey than to sacrifice. I love that. It is a life. It's actually life, a life of Christ. Born again. That's what Christianity is. That's what Christ in you, the hope of glory. 